Welcome, Colleen. So I'm going to start by introducing myself. Hi, everybody. My name is Christina Nemes, and this is our wonderful um, femme talker today, Colleen Johnston. So Colleen, do you want to start by telling us a little bit about yourself? We'll do. It's so fun to be doing this with you, Christina, today. I'm so happy to be with you. So yeah, Colleen Johnston. I, um, I just retired about three years ago after a 35-year uh, career in business. And I started my uh, career as a CPA, and uh, so an accountant. And I was really in finance for most of my career. Um, had a very cool job. I was uh, Ultimately, I was the chief financial officer of TD Bank for 10 years, uh, which was uh, really neat. And during those same 10 years, I actually led the charge on the Women in Leadership Initiative at TD. Uh, so I really um, had a, a very, uh, I was very fortunate to have the career I had, brought me all kinds of opportunities. So today I'm on a bunch of corporate boards. Um, I chair the, um, the hospital board. It's uh, Unity Health Toronto, which is Toronto's Catholic Hospitals. And I'm involved in a lot of other initiatives. I think I'm probably too busy. And uh, in my spare time, uh, I like to travel. I remember the days when we could and uh, an active lifestyle. So I consider myself uh, pretty lucky uh, for, uh, for, for what I've learned and what I've been able to do in all that time. Amazing. You sound very busy, but also very accomplished. <laughs> so according to Forbes, only 24% of senior leadership roles are filled by women. So in your own professional experience, do you believe that this is accurate? I think it is accurate. You know, it varies by industry. Um, like, for example, in banking, you know, when I mentioned being involved with women in leadership, by the time I stepped down, we had almost 40 percent uh, women in senior management roles. But banking is a bit of a different business. There are other industries where it may be, may be lower. You know, on boards, you have roughly 20 percent uh, women. You know, and what you're also seeing is in terms of the CEO ranks, it's only a four or five percent of CEOs are, are women. And we've got to really improve that number, needless to say, and women in the C-suite, which is the most senior women in the organization, you know, those numbers are still too low a percentage. I think we're making progress, but we need a lot more progress, in my opinion. Agreed. What difficulties arose for you in a male-dominated professional environment, and how did you personally address those? Well, you know, Christina, when I started uh, my career, I had, um, my attitude was, look, um, I've, uh, I've um, got a good a degree, I'm going to get my CA, it's now called a CPA, and I'm going to work really hard. And I believe that people were looking for me. Um, and that I didn't ever buy into the fact that, you know, hey, I had a disadvantage because I was a woman. And you know, you may listen to that and go, really, because here we are, 40 years later, still talking about it. So, you know, yes, I was in a male dominated world. But I really felt that, again, if I worked hard, um, and, um, and, you know, I did my best that I would, I wasn't going to let that be a deficit for me. And it doesn't, it isn't to say that sometimes, you know, there were male behaviors that got in the way, that's for sure. But you had to really think about, you know, your own way of handling that. Um, and just, uh, and just being good at what you did. Um, that was what uh, was always my motto. And I'm a huge believer that attitude makes a big, big difference. You know, again, if you think you've got a deficit, you do. And the old Henry Ford saying, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. So that would be my, you know, good advice for everybody is just, uh, you know, believe in yourself. Um, the world is changing and you have everything you need. Look at the degree you're getting and your, um, and your colleagues and peers. I mean, 
wow, you have everything you need to be a smashing success. Like, go get it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, um, no, you definitely bring up a lot of amazing points that there, there's so much that plays into it. You know, there, there are tangible factors out there that kind of show women are limited, but at the same time, we don't want to limit ourselves and what we believe and kind of how we um, address things or approach things. Are there any specific experiences that you can speak to where you really found that your attitude allowed you to kind of uh, navigate through a difficult um, situation that might have been associated with gender? Yeah, I mean, I, as I say, I think sometimes there are just behavioral things that happen in the workforce. I think, for example, um, what I observe is that, you know, younger women, when they're in university in the early part of their career, they are uh, more inclined um, to um, make their voice heard um, and to be an active participant. But somehow over time, that kind of um, subsides a little bit and women are less active in meetings and and, and I think that's a big mistake. And that's something I had to really learn myself is, you know, to make sure that you're an active participant in, in meetings, that you're making sure your voice is heard. Um, and sometimes people want, may want to talk over you or, or whatever, just making sure that you're, you know, assertive enough in terms of making your views and, and really um, adding value um, across the board. So I think that's something I really had to work on over the years, because again, I think sometimes, and I don't like to generalize, but men can just have a more aggressive style. Um, and um, they're more willing to wade in. Like I was actually, you know, very quiet when I went through school because I always felt that, hey, um, you know, when I have something really important to say, I'll say it. Um, and other people are just, you know, filling the air type of thing. But uh, over time you learn, no, you got to press in. Your, your views are just as good as somebody else's and, and show the courage. And I think that really gets some attention. Do it the right way. But that was something I had to learn uh, for sure. That's very inspiring to hear. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so on a separate note, oftentimes with a su successful career, there are a lot of trade-offs that we have to make. Specifically within the finance industry, did you find that there were kind of any actions that you had to take to find the right fit or the right balance between your personal life and your professional life? Yeah, I, you know, I think finding that balance is uh, a challenge for all of us. Right. And you say it well, trade, it is about trade-offs and it is about choices in life. And, you know, you have, you know, ultimately, you know, family, you have a career, you have um, community activities, you want to be involved in your own personal interests and friendships. And I, and I think, you know, and your ability to focus on all of those um, in a, in a full on way all the time is hard. Um, and I'd say in the early part of my career, it was really more career and family. Um, and, you know, sometimes, you know, and, and, you know, my husband's been a huge supporter and sometimes he'd have to pick up the torch and sometimes I would. And um, it was really about trying to manage all of that and not having regrets. I think a lot of women, I'm going to generalize again, but they're sort of like, oh, I feel guilty. Um, and I always say guilt is overrated. I'm Catholic. <laughs> so I think play your best game, make the choices that you want to make and, and, and don't regret them. Um, and, um, and I think that is the way that you end up having a good life. Finance is a very demanding career. Like, you know, when I was a CFO of TD Bank, you know, I was responsible for 40 quarter ends and 11 year ends. I mean, that was just a ton of work. Uh, but, and, I, and I did, I had to really, really work hard and, um, and apply myself. But then I try to find ways to offset that. I always managed, we always managed to take nice family vacations as well and try to, connect and there are times when your family takes 
priority. So I think I eventually figured that out. And the other thing is I tried not to be a perfectionist and be super good at everything because I'm not. <laughs> so I just tried to say, hey, there's some things I'm going to delegate or some things I'm going to get support and then, you know, and just sort of go from there and be and not judge myself on that basis. Like, oh, I wish I was perfect at everything. Uh, far from it. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's a lesson that a lot of us have trouble with, but definitely an important one. Okay, one last question. What advice would you give to somebody in hopes of pursuing a career similar to yours? Well, you know, like I had a great career, but if I was giving advice to people starting their careers, here's what it would be. You know, I spent virtually my whole um, career in accounting and finance, most of it in finance. And I never moved outside of Toronto. I always lived in Toronto. And, you know, my family was there, my, my extended family, and that was really important to me. But, you know, I think I would have benefited a lot from having a more diverse career and um, taking on maybe different geographies. I think that's a must in this day and age. Um, and I think taking on more diverse roles, like having an operating role, having responsibility for bottom line. I think that just helps to equip you um, for a whole broader range of, um, of careers. And, you know, sometimes people will say to me, hey, you know, do you think if you'd been a man, you would have been, you know, you would have been the next CEO of TD Bank? And my answer is no, because I didn't have the right experiences. I came up a narrow uh, part of the business. Again, I thrived. I loved it. Uh, but, you know, I didn't have all of the experiences uh, that you need, uh, you know, to be able to go into that kind of a big role. So that would be my best advice is um, get all those experiences. Don't think of your career as a ladder. Think of it, people talk about a lattice where you get those different experiences, whether it's geography or types of businesses or types of roles and, um, and just uh, enjoy all the learning and all those experiences. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your incredible answers and your insights and for taking the time to speak with us today. We all really appreciate it. So thank you so much, Colleen. My pleasure. Good luck. Take care.